I, uh, hello, 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 hello. I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> I feel like I've said that before on a podcast. I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. That bit in Toy Story cracked me up so much. Dude, oh my god. Toy Story was my comfort movie when I was a kid because I had an earache and I just used to watch it over and over and over again. Ah, I should watch it again. The new Lightyear movie was actually pretty good, I thought. Wait, series? Was it a... No, it was a movie. That's good. (laughs) It's good that I know that. It's good that I remember that. Welcome to Cast. I hope you're well. Whether you are new... I just banged my hand. Whether you are... Returning, um, good luck with everything that you do. That is what I wish for you. Also, I'm happy to have you here. For the next little while, what I'm going to do here is use a random word generator to generate five random words, and then I'm going to talk about them with whatever comes to mind. While you... Relax, or chill, or go to sleep. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, man. That's fine by me. These are also the the first words I've said today. So, th- this is... Well, we're going to see. We're going to see how this goes. We're going to see how the voice sounds. It's quite early in the morning, so the, the voice might even be a tad lower than usual. Also, I need to watch a flag, no, our flag means death. Because I made that TikTok where I was like, Evo, all hands, hoist your colors high. And so many people commented saying this is like our flag means death and I need to do that. Have I already said that? I don't know. I don't know anymore. This is why I talk to people and I don't talk to friends like this in real life anymore because I just don't know. (laughs) I'm kidding, I do. They just tolerate me. But um, anyway, the first word of today is moon. Moon. What do you want, honey? You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. That should be the bar for men, really. Not just not ghosting and like mild emotional intelligence, just throwing throwing a lasso around the moon and literally pulling it down. If you can't pull the moon down for your lover, then what are you even doing, bro? You're being unserious about it. I would. I, I mean, my arms are kind of hurting today, so maybe not today, but I definitely would in, in principle. Also makes me want to watch Bruce Almighty again. <laughs> I love that film. I was having a conversation the other day about um, how amazing it is to do certain types of work or hobbies to instrumental music, like film or TV or like video video game soundtracks. There's um, there's lots of research on this about how listening to Mozart, for example, can make you do better on tests. Um, there was some research done by. Uh, 
E. Glenn Schallenberg, where a load of kids were tested on certain activities without and then with Mozart's music. And I think on at least like half of the tests, they did better while listening to the music. Um, I think partly it has something to do with that, like the little rousing, invigorating nature of a lot of music like that. Like it helps increase the momentum in the brain, maybe. Gets all them synapses going, maybe. I don't... I don't know. I'm not a brain person, but, um, yeah. But then along those same lines, the conversation that we were having, um, the one with my friend, we had, what did we have on in the background? Debussy. Debussy. Debussy greatest hits. All Debussy. <laughs> now that's what I call Debussy, 1904. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so anyway, we were listening to Debussy, it felt very educated and intelligent. Um, it was really nice having it on, and I, yeah, I swear I felt smarter. It felt like there was more of a flow to the conversation, and I felt more focused on it, and it could totally be a fluke, but I reckon it's a thing. Um... Why was I talking about this in the first place? Oh, yeah, 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 okay, um... So the moon, right? <laughs> there's this one, there's a specific film and TV playlist that I used to listen to when working um, or doing anything kind of artistic that wasn't audio based. And one of the tracks on the playlist was called The Moon and the Superhero uh, from the movie Hancock. Easily one of the best film themes I have ever heard. You are so welcome if you haven't heard it before. And even if you have, you are welcome for me bringing it back into your life. It's it's amazing. Um, considering Hancock wasn't a massive, like, huge film, I reckon that theme is up there with, like, How to Train Your Dragon, Lord of the Rings... Harry Potter, maybe even Harry Potter 2, um, as in Harry Potter, not Harry Potter 2, the Chamber of Secrets, you get me? Um, in my opinion, anyway, but, but yeah, when, when that track came on, my work output would increase dramatically, it would, it was like, it was like I'd done a, a line of a a hard drug that I've heard about once. <laughs> I imagine. Um, actually, yeah, speaking of Bruce Almighty, you know in Bruce Almighty, when Bruce Almighty drinks the coffee and he start, he's like replying to all these prayers via email on Yahweh, on that thing. Anyway, and he starts typing really, really fast. That's, that's what it felt like when I, when I listened to that song that I could just type at a million miles an hour and it was just basically I'm comparing myself to God and I stand by it honestly but it wouldn't work if I put it on deliberately it had to come on as like part of the playlist and then I'd be like oh here we go it's like the work version of like being in the club when your jam comes on and you're like oh shit 
It's about to get lit. Damn. But instead, you're just like sat in a chair working. The brain doesn't know. The brain doesn't know. It just knows good tunes when it hears them, man. I think I think one of my first experiences of the moon, like when I actually started to have a grasp on reality as a child, was it was that episode of Wallace and Gromit where they go to the moon. A grand day out? Was that what it was? I think that might have been the first one they ever did. But yeah, um, they, they they just build a rocket in their in their garage, as you do. Uh, and then this man and his dog just fly to the moon for a day. Solely because they really like cheese. And the moon is made of cheese. So for a long while, as a child, as a wee toddler, I thought the moon was in fact made of cheese. Me and probably a lot of other kids, actually, which is, of course, you know, silly. Except we don't technically have proof that it's not made of cheese. We just have people telling us it's not made of cheese. It could be. The cheese controls the tides, guys. Don't listen to the government. (laughs) Where did this come from? Where did the cheese thing come from? Everyone knows that Earth's only satellite does not, in fact, consist of fatty dairy products, do they? So where did the myth that the moon is made of cheese come from in the first place? Though the idea that the moon is made of cheese has been round, has been, has been around, not round, because of cheese and the moon, words, uh, has been around for millennia, it's doubtful that anyone ever actually believed it. (laughs) Speak for yourself, at least not academically. The earliest record of this bizarre notion comes from a medieval Servian yarn in which a ravenous wolf chases a seemingly hapless fox, hoping to score an easy meal. Thinking fast, the fox convinces his pursuer that the moon's reflection on a nearby pond is actually a block of cheese floating on its surface, and that the wolf must drink all of its water to acquire the tasty treat. Guzzling and guzzling his way to the prize, the wolf eventually drinks too much and bursts, leaving the fox alive and victorious. A dumbass wolf. Who would be that gullible? So many writers must have been on shrooms back in the day, man. Jesus. Uh, But the best-known early citation dates to 1546 and can be found in the Proverbs of John Hayward, which can be read in its entirety here. Well, that's... Why did I read that bit? (laughs) Why am I reading the hyperlink to you? That's... That's the morning. This... The document is a compendium of some of the titular author's most famous sayings, such as, The more the merrier. A penny for your thoughts, and Rome was not built in a day. At one point, he jokingly states the moon is made of green cheese. In this context, green refers to the food's age rather than its colour. How old are you? I'm green. 
over the following century, the phrase came into common use. Speaking of human gullibility, in 1638, the English natural philosopher John Wilkins wrote, You may soon persuade some country peasants that the moon is made of green cheese, as we say. Well, there we go then. That's me. I am a country peasant. To be fair, I am a country peasant. Growing up in the fields and by the rivers, getting up to all sorts of no-good mischief. And those rivers lead to the oceans, which are controlled by Mr. Cheese. Why is that? Why? That's what I wanted to know. Why is? How is the moon controlling the tides? The moon and the earth exert a gravitational pull on each other. So, basically, the moon and the earth have a vibe. On earth, the moon's gravitational pull causes the oceans to bulge out on both the side closest to the moon and the side farthest from the moon. These bulges create high tides, and the low points are where low tides occur. Damn. Thank you, NASA. I appreciate the info. There we go. That's the lesson of today. Consider yourselves educated. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I should have put a, um, should have put in a trigger warning for any werewolves listening. Damn, my bad. Sorry, guys, if you're listening. Okay, I'll move on. I'll move on. I'll stop being insensitive. Tuna. 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 Big tuna. I think it's time to rewatch The Office. It's been long enough. And by long enough, I mean a week. So, oh no, wait, I know I have to finish Shit's Creek first. I have this thing where I kind of only watch comfort shows now. I don't know if anyone else can relate, but like, I don't really care for watching like the the latest sort of like massive TV show. Like I'm watching The Last of Us, but I didn't watch House of the Dragon. I didn't watch the Lord of the Rings one. Um, not that I'm saying this to be like oh, I don't watch the big series. Like I I I kind of do want to watch them, but the priority of like having a comfort show. Like if I'm gonna watch something, I'd rather just like have something to feel comfortable watching. I don't know, does that make sense? Maybe. Probably not. This is Cast. I haven't actually had tuna in a long time, though. A weirdly long time. I have to get myself a little tuna mayo sarni at some point. Does anybody else, apart from us over in England, use the word sarni for sandwich? Little sarni? Australians, maybe? Sarni. Tuna sarni. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, might treat myself at some point. A little bit of sweet corn in there, maybe. My first job was making baguettes at this cafe, and this one guy came in, and he would always order a tuna and anchovy baguette. And whilst that isn't the worst choice of baguette, taste-wise... Anyone in his vicinity eating that would not have been a fan of him. 
I imagine. I really hope he didn't like come in and then get like the bus to work or something and chomp on his morning tuna and anchovy baguette. I would, I would have a word. Maybe five. Because that's what we do here. Get it? Um, tuna. Tuna. There used to be a skate park not too far from us when we were kids. And if you've, if you've ever been to a skate park before, you'll know that most of the time, a lot of people who frequent a skate park don't actually skate and are just there, <laughs> just hanging. And this one particular time, there was just a, there was like a group just hanging out. We were like, we were teenagers. We were like 14 or something. I don't know. Um, but in this group, this one girl had a dog and the dog's name was Tuna. And it would run around a lot and she'd have to keep calling him back. And with her accent, I would just die laughing every time because she'd shout her dog's name. But she'd shout it like, Tuna! Tuna! And it was like, it was borderline Australian. Like, that's how, like, intense the accent was. Tuna! And I just, even to this day, me and my mates will, like, anytime we see the word tuna or hear the word tuna, we have to go, Tuna! And it's just, I wonder... I wonder how that girl would feel to know that she is a meme just from calling her dog like a decade or so later. That's crazy. I like I like animals that are named after other animals though. Like like a dog named Tuna. A dog named Tuna. Sounds like a kid's book, doesn't it? There once was a dog called Tuna. He had a lovely owner called Luna. They used to walk in the park until it was dark and the next day just couldn't come sooner oh that's cute <laughs> I like it when my mind does that, that sort of stuff sometimes uh, I, can, I can already like picture it in my head picture the, the kids book in my head cute okay I might do that A Dog Named Tuna by Cavan uh also, I, I like names that are way too, way too human for animals. Like, um, oh, what was it? It's a film that I know is going to make me cry that I haven't seen yet. Street Cat Named Bob. Which is, uh, saying it out loud, is I'm realising now, is a play on a streetcar named Desire. Right? Must be. That's terrible I didn't realise that sooner. It's like the knowledge is power Francis Bacon guy. <laughs> it's one of my favourite things. Have you heard this? Like, there, there was this guy, right, who, when he was a kid in school, he heard his teacher say, knowledge is power, Francis Bacon. Because Francis Bacon was the dude who said the quote. But he thought, because he never saw it written down, 
that the quote was, knowledge is power, France is bacon. <laughs> and it was reinforced all the time over the years because any time someone would say, knowledge is power, he would say, France is bacon. And they would go, yep. <laughs> And he, it wasn't until he was like 20 where he saw it written down and he was like, oh, poor guy, man, saying that, that I definitely have the, the gut feeling that there is something like that that I'm doing and have been doing for years, probably with song lyrics in some way, I imagine. Um, so someone I know thought the Bohemian Rhapsody lyric by Queen, spare him his spare him his life from this monstrosity, was spare him his life and his pork sausages. I d I don't know how you get there, man. <laughs> but obviously, but I guess like if you're singing Bohemian Rhapsody, normally you're singing it in a place where everybody is singing Bohemian Rhapsody, and unless someone with a keen ear. When, like, everybody's singing, spare him his life from this monstrosity, suddenly hear someone say pork sausages, and then go, what? Then you're not going to get it. But, <laughs> eh, there's bigger things to worry about in life, I guess. Anyway, music is a beautiful thing, man. Music is a beautiful thing. Mac Miller. Oh, man, I need to watch Mac Miller's Tiny Desk concert again. If you haven't watched it, please go and watch it. It's one of the best. Probably the best, in my opinion. Um, yeah, go enjoy. But it's, it's crazy how you can have songs like Bohemian Rhapsody, which tell a story in a massively grandiose way, and then you can have a song like Yellow by Coldplay. Which still tells a story, but in like a much more simplistic way. Look at the stars. Look how they shine for you. And everything you do. Yeah, they were all yellow. Yellow. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that pop punk voice, man. Yeah, they were all yellow. Okay, this next song is called Yellow. If you know it, sing along. The moon, as well, though, as well as the stars. It's yellow, isn't it? Because cheese. <laughs> and as we learned a couple of episodes ago, cheese and butter and cream get their yellowy colour from the nutrients in the grass that the cows graze on. Ta-da! Hope you were listening. What, what if I was to be like, at the end of every season, okay guys, pop quiz, just to see who was actually listening, and who was sleeping through class. That would be a, dude, that would be a dope idea in school, right? You could have a, if there was just one, like, there was one class that didn't mean anything, but you, it was like ASMR class, <laughs> you could go in and the whole point is to have a teacher with, like, I don't know, maybe a voice like mine or, like, just a really soft-spoken one that's really monotonous. And you go in and 
you're supposed to fall asleep in that class like you can so if you like that gets the the sleep out of the way it's like nap class basically i think that would be a good do you, do you know what i mean maybe not in schools maybe colleges that would be good i don't know food for thought food for thought um but if I was to quiz anyone on this, I'd like, I feel my own heart start to beat faster just talking about quizzing, mostly because I would have no idea what the hell I've talked about. So if, if anyone ever meets me, by the way, and you want to ask about something in an episode, please either <laughs> provide context or just be okay with like the blank buffering look on my face for a while while I search through this very poorly organized brain of mine to recall that information because it's all in there somewhere very deep but it's in there so just give me a minute okay what other things are yellow oh we're on yellow now by the way <laughs> segway so good i missed it myself um Yellow things. The sun. The sun and the moon. Both yellow. Big ball of gas burning billions of miles away. Pumba, 1994. Got to be on that Harvard referencing, you know. Pineapples. Pineapples are yellow, aren't they? And green, I guess. Bro, I was with my goddaughter, who's like not even two yet and we were we were going through the colors of the rainbow in this book um and we were like red and yellow and pink and green orange and bubble and brown as you do absolutely smashing the tunes out and she dead ass looked up at me with the most condescending look on her face and just went indigo. <laughs> indigo. Not purple. Not pink. Indigo. Like, yeah, it is. My bad, tiny child, who couldn't even say numbers a few months ago. Sorry for not getting a subgenre of a colour right. This kid is going to be so smart and will make me feel so dumb. And I am going to be so proud. It's going to be great. Bananas are yellow. I want to play Mario Kart now. I found an old gem of a meme the other day that brought a smile to my face because it's so stupid. And I love it so much. There was this old, this old advert, this old post, like, on Facebook or something. I don't know, Craigslist maybe, one of those things, ages ago. And this person was selling a TV. And also, can we talk about that for a second? T I, I say TV. TV. So the emphasis is on V, TV. But you lot over there in America say TV. Why is that? Do you say television? 
or television. Television. Daft Punk, good song. Television. Television. I'm going to watch the television. I'm going to watch the television. Oh, God, I don't know. But yeah, I've never said I'm going to watch the TV. Hey, look, Mom, I'm on the TV. Hey, look, Mom, I'm on the TV. It's a weird one. How do you say it? How do you say it? TV. Anyway, they were selling a TV, and I think they were I think they were moving or something. For some reason, they couldn't find a tape measure or a measuring tape to measure how big the screen was. So, so they just they just taped the banana to the screen and said, "Here's a banana for scale." And since then, banana for scale has been used in countless photos as a reference measurement for many an object. I love the internet sometimes, man. I really do. Also came across that video of Big Bird recently from Sesame Street just absolutely obliterating a door by kicking it down and just standing there like a serial killer. Have you seen that one? Obviously not the real Big Bird, because that would be traumatising, but, but a very good costume. And one of my, one of my favourite genres of parody is fictional characters who are known for being lovable and kind, just being absolutely unhinged in like a chaotic, really chaotic way. Like, like for instance, Elmo talking about committing murder in his voice like i'm not gonna do the voice because i feel like if if anyone is like lulling into a chill state if i was to do suddenly a really high-pitched voice i'm gonna wake you up so i'm not gonna do it but in my voice it would be like elmo's gonna get you now you're imagining elmo with my voice or like there's a there's a there's a it's a tiktok account of like a mickey a Mickey Mouse puppet reacting to things like duetting videos and stuff, but then his his voice will change. He'll be talking normally like Mickey Mouse, and then his voice will change when something mental happens in the video. Like you know that the video of like the the the, the too many slices of pizza, like someone cutting overly in the words just stopped then in my head. The they're just use they're cutting too many slices of the pizza. There we go, and um. You just hear Mickey being like, oh boy, that looks like a good pizza. Blah, 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 blah. And then it changed and he's like, that's too many slices. What are you doing? And it's, it, I, it, I don't know. It's so juxtaposing that it just makes me really laugh. Because they're, they're, they're so, it's so far away from how that design is supposed to be. Anyway, I've been trying to stay off the internet, to be fair, for a little bit. It's not great for the old noggin, you know, trying to get... Trying to get outside and smell the, um... Oh, what are yellow flowers? Daffodils? Daffodils are yellow, aren't they? I always get daffodils and dandelions confused. A dandelion must be the last one of the season. <laughs> Yummo! <laughs> A dandelion! <laughs> Love me some Sid the Sloth, man. Love me some Sid the Sloth. I really need to watch Ice Age again. I haven't. I also haven't seen the the new Puss in Boots film. That's supposed to be really good, apparently. So I might watch that at some point. 
Moving on, we have Club. Club Penguin is the first thing that comes to my head. Which, you know, I never actually really played it, but every, like, I, I've seen so many memes, so many memes about it. Um, that I feel like I have. It's like the, the, you know, like the trailers at the beginning of, like, DVDs and stuff. And you'd watch them so many times that you'd think you'd seen the movie. I've talked about that before, I know I have, because there's movies in my past that I definitely haven't seen, but I feel like I have seen because I've watched the trailers at the beginning of films that I have seen loads of times over and over again. So yeah, that's how I feel about Club Penguin. Actually, you know what I was um, moving away from that slightly, you know what I was thinking about the other day that I was going to look up, but I didn't? Like the first nightclub? Like how that whole thing started? Like, was there a first official nightclub, or did they just kind of, like, start existing from, from like, late opening bars and pubs and stuff? Or, and then people were like, we, all, we, we need a place for people to be together at nighttime. Kind of like a club. A night club. <laughs> and now I've just realised something. If you take that phrase... The nightclub. It could so easily have been like a load of goth kids back in the day who just wanted to hang around together. We are the nightclub. Right? And then, like, over time it got taken over by the popular kids. Like, stuff like that usually does. And they're like, hey man, this is our nightclub now. Go make a different nightclub. And thus, nightclubs, plural were made. That's how it happened. The nightclub. I'm I'm sticking by it, man. I'm sticking by it. Well, let's see if there's any other way less believable origin stories for nightclubs. Brilliant. I just googled nightclub origin and I got like three nightclubs called origin. Matt, you could literally think of any word and call it, n name a club after it. Like, like, uh, mouse. There's definitely a mouse nightclub. Oh, you guys going to mouse tonight? Like, wait, that's the Disney one, isn't it? <laughs> Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Brilliant. wonder how deep that associative memory was. House of Mouse Clubhouse? No, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. House of Mouse. Oh, I don't know. I'm loose on my Disney real estate. You get my point, anyway. Like, system, paint, string. Like, they could all be clubs. And they will all be nightclubs somewhere. I'm telling you, that will, like... Dude, we're going to system tonight. Come on down to paint, where you can get two-for-one vodka cocktails for 99p. You know what I mean? Come to string, we give you absinthe. That is all. Anyway, in the United States, New York became the national capital for tourism and entertainment. Grand hotels were built for upscale visitors. New York's theatre district gradually moved northward during this half-century. From the Bowery up Broadway, from the Bowery to St. Mark's, um, through Union Square and Madison Square settling around Times Square at the end of the 19th century. 
Stars such as Edwin Booth and Lillian Russell were among the early Broadway performers. Prostitutes served a wide variety of clientele, from sailors on leave to playboys. The first night... Oh, playboys. Huh. The first nightclubs appeared in New York City in the 1840s and 1850s, including McClory's. I mean, that, do you know what? That makes sense. 1840s and 1850s. That's when the goth kids, you know, there's a lot of dark academia going on around then. So, mm, including McClory's um, and, the, and, uh, and the Haymarket. They enjoyed a national reputation for vaudeville, live music, and dance. They tolerated unlicensed liquor, commercial sex, and gambling cards, chiefly faro. Practically all gambling was illegal in the city, except upscale horse racing tracks, and regular payoffs to political and police leadership was necessary. Prices were high, and they were patronized by an upscale audience. Timothy Gilfoyle called them the first nightclubs. By contrast, Oni... Ah, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this name. This is an Irish name, I think. It's spelled O-W-N-E-Y. So, Oni? Oni? And then the last name is G-E-O-G-H-E-G-A-N. Geegan? Gogan? Goan? It'll be something like that. I need to brush up on that. I'm going to Ireland in a few months. Oni Gian. Oni Gian. I'm going to go with that. If I please correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Um. So he ran the toughest nightclub in New York, 1880 to 83. Can you imagine people like? just being wasted and coming up to him like, how do you pronounce your name? Your, your name, how do you pronounce it? To the toughest nightclub owner <laughs> in New York. How do you pronounce your name? <laughs> is it like Gian, Gian, Gian? That is a surefire way to not get into the nightclub and also die. I imagine. Uh, it catered to a downscale clientele, and besides the usual illegal liquor, gambling, and prostitution, it featured nightly fistfights and occasional shootings, stabbings, and police raids. Webster Hall is credited as the first modern nightclub, being built in 1886 and starting off as a social hall, originally functioning as a home for dance and political activism events. Reisenweber's Café is credited for introducing jazz and cabaret to New Yorkers. And all that jazz. I can see all that happening. I don't think it's true. It's definitely the goth kids. But this was a nice story. In fact, no, it probably did happen because I reckon all that stuff that I just read then was... It's the equivalent of, like, YouTube in the last decade. Whereas when the goth kids had it, it had it. It was like two thousand and five to two thousand and ten, when it was like a bit of an outcasty place to be, and then everyone thinks of it as like, oh, YouTube started in like twenty twelve, and you know, going up till now. Now, nah, man, it's the goth kids. <laughs>
Ah. Whenever I say goth kids, I just get images in my head of the goth kids from South Park. Like, that's how I view them. Or the goth kids that are dancing under the bridge. You know that one video? Where they're under, like, the overpass and they're like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, doing that sick dancing. It's one of my favorite videos. I love it. The last word is obeisance. And I don't even know, I'm not doing good at pronunciations today. I don't even know what that means or how to pronounce it. Let me see. Obeisance. 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 Yeah, cool. Uh, a movement of the body made in token of respect or submission. Like a bow, okay. After making his obeisances, he approached the altar. Or acknowledgement of another's superiority or importance. She makes obeisance to her mentors. Okay, so it's like, yeah, so it's like a high level of respecting somebody because you should. So this is interesting because paying obeisance to someone who has helped you in some way, like a teacher or a mentor, like the like what the second definition talks about, that's all good. That makes sense. But the first one seems more like you're doing it just because it's the done thing. Like you, you pay obeisance to royalty or authority because it's like the done thing to respect royalty or authority. And whilst I'm, okay, whilst I'm not saying go slap a prince just to be a rebel, I would advise questioning whether you're paying obeisance to a figure or a thing because it's the done thing or whether they actually do deserve it. And it's kind of a running theme here of like, I try and make the last word some kind of like reflective message, I don't know, to like kind of thing to leave you with, to go forward with. And I guess here I'm kind of, I'm kind of talking to the people pleasers or anyone who have, has that kind of, that kind of habit um, immediately putting yourself below someone else out of habit because you were convinced at one point that that was the case and you needed to do that to keep the peace. And now, later in life, you may just be reaffirming that belief over and over again for an easy life, which is total horseshit. Whilst I believe that you should have basic respect for people, just out of courtesy and being a decent human being. It should only be at like a baseline level that can and should be swiftly taken away if needed. If you're the sort of person that finds yourself giving people far more respect and power, sort of like dominion over you than they deserve out of habit and habit alone, because your brain goes, this is the safe thing to do, then please, please do know that though it may take a bit of time for your head to get used to, 
learning to understand that we are all on the same level, really, and that you and your boundaries deserve just as much respect as anyone else on this planet is one of the best things you can do. And when I say understand, I don't mean like, yeah, I know I'm worthy and yes, oh yeah, I know I should be stronger with my boundaries. I mean like the real you, the inner you, they need to understand it. Because understanding something on the surface is not the same as internalizing it and believing it. The only way anything like that ever works is if you just start doing it and proving it to yourself and building up your reputation with yourself. The mind responds to behavior and actions speak far louder, far louder than words. So start small and put it into practice where you can. And with that, I am going to leave you for another week to go into this next week full of pizzazz. Just take a little bit of extra pizzazz in the morning with your coffee. All right. All right. I don't know why I'm talking about all this like self-reflective mental health stuff when all you need is a bit more pizzazz. What a waste of breath. <laughs> All right, go take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. And I will speak to you soon. Go. Okay. Bye.